your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. September 22nd edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Ramondo Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can follow the Crosscheck NHL show and Locked On NHL, where they'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. So in today's episode, we are going to continue our division preseason crossover series. Last week, I did a crossover with the guys from Locked On Detroit Red Wings. So today, it, we actually split this into two parts uh, with the hosts of Locked On Montreal Canadiens, Laura Sava and Scott Matla. So today's episode, we'll be talking about the Florida Panthers side of things. They'll be asking me questions about what I think the Florida Panthers are going to be this season, what my expectations are, and so on. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about the Montreal Canadiens side of things. So enjoy this conversation with me and the hosts of the Locked On Montreal Canadiens podcast, Laura Sava and Scott Matla. So we're here, Locked On Canadiens and Locked On Florida Panthers, and we're doing a division crossover. So we figured today we're going to talk about the Florida Panthers and how they're doing and their expectations. And then tomorrow we're going to turn it over around and talk about the Habs, but it's a crossover. So hopefully both lists, both sets of listeners will get some good perspective from each other's notes. So thank you so much, first of all, for joining us and giving us all this information. Why don't we start with what was last season's story for the Florida Panthers set up what, you know, what we're expecting for this season. Let's start with where they were, and uh, what sort of happened towards the end of last season and the offseason to set us up for next next season. Uh, first of all, uh, Laura and Scott, thank you so much for having me on and doing this uh, crossover episode with me. I'm very excited to be talking with you guys, all things Florida Panthers and Montreal Canadiens. But as far as the Florida Panthers are concerned, last year when the divisions were realigned with the Central Division, I, even before the season, because they made so many moves uh, then to, and a lot of pieces were just unknown. They hadn't played together yet. So I had it as like a bubble playoff team at the time, but then they just got off to a fast start. They didn't, they didn't drop a point until the sixth game of the season. And then they just went off and running. They, their longest losing streak in the season was three and it happened twice no more than that and more most times after losses they were able to bounce back they made a big splash at the 
trade deadline getting Sam Bennett for two second round picks, who Sam Bennett was pretty much playing a bottom six role during his time in Calgary. And they were they were able to just get that off and running. Uh, Sam Bennett was very valuable on the second line, playing with mostly Jonathan Huberto and Anthony Duclair with a little bit of Owen Tippett sprinkled in there. And the the offseason moves as well for the Florida Panthers to set them up, though they though they did lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round, which many people argued that the Florida Panthers gave the Tampa Bay Lightning the biggest challenge in the playoffs. Some people will argue New York, of course, because they took them to seven, but a lot of people also argue that the Florida Panthers did as well. They were able to re-sign uh, Sam Reinhart to a three-year deal at a 6.5 million cap hit they were able to extend sam bennett uh, as well for four years 4.4 cap hit re-sign anthony duclair to a three-year 3 million aav as well they were able to extend carter verhage a year before he became an rfa so extended him for three more years he's still making 1 million this year and he'll be making 4.1 three years after that and they're able to buy out the contract of Keith Yandel, who's still on the Ironman streak, who now will continue to have his Ironman streak on another team that's not named the Panthers. They lost Chris Drieger in the expansion draft, Alex Wenberg. They, the Bill Zito and Joel Quenville helped Alex Wenberg get paid after a career year last year, and they were able to get rid of the contract of Anton Stroman with uh, just a year left. Uh, because Arizona is just taking assets and money like it's nothing. And they were able to gift them a, a 2024 second round pick in exchange for Strawman to create that cap space to re-sign uh, more players on the team. And they signed a veteran, uh, Joe Thornton, on, onto the team, uh, who is cup chasing at, at, at this point. He's had his many years with San Jose, making many deep playoff runs. Didn't work out in Toronto, and he he signed with the Florida Panthers as saying, "Hey, I, I believe this is a team who is a contender, and I I want to I think I believe in these guys." And they're also able to re-sign uh, Brandon Montour as well at a three point five uh, cap pit. So those are the moves uh, for the Florida Panthers as far as their off season. And I think expectations are worth talking about. So in our second segment. What we're going to talk about are, you know, based on all of this and, 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 the, and the playoff series, which I wanted to say playoff run, but I, because I've been saying it so much over the summer, but the playoff series, it was very, very promising what we saw. And that's coming up in just one moment. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. 
So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, goat bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar and only four to five net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor which is like the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at built.com. I think Joe Thornton said it best. This is a team that he feels has a chance to contend. The team's in a really tough division, though. We're going to talk about that in our final segment today. But let's first talk about the expectations. Uh, what do we think I'll say like, okay, how about where you think they'll finish in the division? You know, wh what's going to be, what are we going to, what are their strengths and weaknesses going to be in terms of goaltending power play penalty kill? What are the things that you expect from the Florida Panthers this season? And then we'll bring in the division in our, in our final seg. As far as expectations for the Florida Panthers, they're, uh, they're, they're likely chances are on paper. They're in the touch toughest division in the in the NHL just like the Montreal Canadiens will which we'll be discussing on tomorrow's episode but their expectations have now changed based on be finishing second in the central division this year just behind Carolina and the expectation because they added a piece like Sam Reinhart uh getting on via trade the night of the draft after like I believe it was like 12:30 a.m. the night of the draft like the day like the very next morning. So it, it's 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 crazy because you add a you you now have three of the top four picks from that 2014 NHL entry draft on your roster heading into next season. All 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 the Florida Panthers are missing in that one is Leon Draisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. But but I don't know how much draft capital the Florida Panthers have left to give though they don't have a first or second in next year's nhl entry draft but the, the the expectations are now saying hey we're putting all our chips for next year and we expect to at least not only finish one or two in 
the division, but to also finally win a playoff series for the first time since 1996. They now have the longest drought in the National Hockey League of not winning a playoff series. And they're one of two teams who haven't won a playoff series since the most recent lockout or lockout season of 0405 with along with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So every, every team has won a playoff series at least once besides Toronto and Florida. So now is one or two in the division at least, home ice advantage in round one at least, and to at least advance past the first round. That is the expectation for them. And I believe that I believe that one or two could be Tampa or Florida, one or two, which would mean that they wouldn't meet in the first round this time around based on how the divisions are lined up and which we're going back to next season. So that means that means a, a facing of Toronto, Boston, or even Montreal with so in, in round <laughs> in round one. So that would, that would be, that, that would be something that the, the Florida Panthers would, uh, would definitely look at, look into of course, having the goal is home ice, especially if you, especially trying to win the division, because of course they got home ice in round one against Tampa Bay, but they just ran into a better team. And we could argue about their, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the LTIR space all we want, but Tampa Bay was just better, regardless of, regardless of home ice advantage that the Florida Panthers have. But if they wanted to, they, if they want to, get home ice, they got, they got to make sure that they really chase after it because it, it means more home ice means more to the Florida Panthers. And I said this last season, it means more to them than it does to the Tampa Bay lightning because Tampa has been there before while Florida has not. And so I think we're all kind of familiar. Whoever's listening to this podcast is familiar with what uh, Tampa can do. But before we get into really the rest of the division and who's going to be the biggest challenge, what do you think will be the strengths like what's going to carry them to that higher spot it is true it is a tough division as you mentioned but Florida is one of the better teams in that division and as we're going to talk about a little bit later Scott and I don't have very high expectations for a lot of the teams in this division so Mm. um, and some some of those answers might surprise you even but uh, what do you think is going to get them to that step whether they're one or two they get home ice advantage or even to make the playoffs What's going to be the what's I guess what's going to cause that to happen, and also what's going to challenge them on the way? I, I get I'm I guess injuries is the easy answer, but I want to go a different route outside of that because I think that's just I think that would be a cop out if I were to just go the injury route. So I would like to say that of course they're they're not only their top six but their top nine on paper is one of the best in the NHL. And it's just a matter of getting the combinations right and and actually showing out on the ice and actually doing it. And there there's so many different combinations that you could put. It looks like that the first line, at least for opening night, is going to look something like Barkov for Hagee, Reinhardt for line one, Bennett, Duclair, Huberto in line two. You just hear those names and it's like, wow, this is this is this lineup is stacked. Line three and down could be a little confusing because. Joe Thornton is, is signed with the Florida Panthers now for, on a one-year deal. 
we don't know at this moment in time whether Anton Lundell is going to make the team or start in the AHL. He averaged almost a point a game in his final season in Liga, and and that th- we don't know we don't know what whether he's going to start with the team or not. Training camp does start on Wednesday with practices starting on Thursday, so we we don't know what that's going to look like. But it would be so exciting to see him there. And of course, the goal for Lundell is to eventually get him to the 2C spot because both Sam Reinhart and Sam Bennett are more than capable of playing the wings. So it just comes down to after that top six, what's the bottom six going to do? Joe Thornton, Joe Thornton doesn't miss games. So he's going to, he's going to likely be the third line center or the fourth. And Noel Chari is one person who could also play center and wing as well. Um, one thing that I talked about on my podcast yesterday was uh, Panthers' first-round pick from the 2018 draft, Grigor Denisenko. He's, uh, he played, he made his NHL debut last year, and he got four points, all of them assists. So he hasn't scored his first NHL goal yet. I'm, I've been officially on Grigor Denisenko watch as far as like trying to crack the lineup. He's played well on the international level for Russia. But wh- is, he, is, that, is that going to... Is that going to happen on the NHL level for him as well? And he could play both wing positions. So there's, flex- there's a little bit of flexibility for Grigory Denisenko. And what's going what's gonna to happen with uh, if Anton Lundell starts off in the AHL, how, how often is a player like Yuho Lamico going to play? What's he going to produce? Uh, and, 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 uh, and one player that I'm really high on because of his big body, his big size, he... he he played on literally every single line last year. Mason Marchment, a guy that the Florida, um, the Florida Panthers traded two seasons ago in, at the trade deadline for Dennis Mulgan, who, who played on line one when, when Anthony Duclair was hurt and was able to shift down to the fourth line and still not produce as much on, line, on the fourth line because your talent is, of course, different. But the flexibility of him from going to line one to line four and his – he could – this guy could play anywhere, anywhere, and he's very flexible. And Coach Q, he's known for uh, juggling th- those lines. So what that with when it comes to like the bottom six is like how is that gonna? What are the pieces that are the combinations going to be, and how are they going to produce? And I think another big factor that's going to depend, that's going to be a determinant, not depend, <laughs> a determinant of, of where these teams end up or where Florida ends up in, in this particular case is the rest of the division. And in just one moment in our final segment, we're going to contextualize uh, Florida's hopes for this season with the rest of the teams that they're going to counter. That's coming up in just one moment. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and content, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use that promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code 
Locked on. So we are back. It's our final segment here. And if you haven't heard me, I've been listening to this discussion, discussing all things Panthers and learning about our new old, new again, divisional rival. And we're going to get to the Canadians in tomorrow's episode, but I have to ask our guests here, looking around the Atlantic and how strong the division is, how do the Panthers match up against these teams? Like skill on skill, like against the lightning, we saw how much fun those series are and how back and forth it is. I assume games against Toronto will be the same, but how are they going to handle a physical side, like the Bruins or what the Canadians are going to do? I know they've got some guys in there who relish in that style, but how do they stack up against the rest of the division? Like you're, it's a killer's row of teams and you know, what happens if Sergei Bobrovsky's not up to snuff or if Sam Bennett can't keep his pace, are you going to be able to match up with an experienced group like the Bruins or a team like the Canadians that went deep last year? I, I think so because it, it, Sergei Bobrovsky's first two years here, I don't think could have been any worse. So, especially year one, the year two was a big jump, which is not that, which is a low, I'm, which is a low bar. Not, not going to lie. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with that. It's a pretty low bar saying what his jump from year one of that seven-year contract to year two. And of course, the, the team around him was a little better, so that helped. But there was a lot of times where Sergei Bobrovsky gave up some of those head-scratching goals. And there was a lot of times where there was a shot from the top of the point, and you're like, uh, how, how did this get past them? How did, how did this happen? But as far as the rest of the division goes, it, it's easy to forget. It really is easy to forget when you haven't faced some of this te- these teams in a couple of years. Like, of course, Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa. The last time the Florida Panthers were facing the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially because before the COVID shutdown, that was the team they were chasing for, like the wild card and the, and the third spot in the division just two years ago. And they were pretty even. Uh, they had one more matchup before the COVID shutdown. And I believe, if I remember correctly, that Toronto won two games and Florida won one. So, so I know there's a lot of turnover in between then. And I think as far as regular season, Toronto and Florida could split the season series. I, I believe that. Boston's a confusing one because there's, there's a little bit of turnover on their roster. There's a few new pieces like a Nick, Nick Foligno, Eric Holla, former, former Panther. They lost uh, David Krejci, um, who's now playing in the Czech Republic. And they, the, there's the status of Tukarask as well. How, how often, how, when is he going to return? But I did like their signing of Linus Allmark from the Buffalo Sabres, who was like the, on, the only goalie on that, on, on that roster who had a winning record last year on that really awful Buffalo Sabres team. So the Bruins could, could be in that top three as well, with, with, uh, along with Florida and Tampa Bay or even, even Toronto and Montreal. I think it's just really a five. I think it's five teams chasing three spot for that for that for the for the division and unfortunately two of them or even one of them might have to to miss out and as far as it's easy for me to say that the it's easy for me to say that the biggest threat to the Florida Panthers is the Tampa Bay Lightning because I mean they just won back-to-back Stanley Cups sure they lost the whole third line but 
the way that even though the Florida Panthers had their number during the regular season, once Kucherov and Stamkos came back, that power play was just unstoppable. Sure, were the Florida Panthers shooting themselves in the foot by just giving up so many penalties after penalty? The thing is, they need to stay out of the box, first of all, and not get themselves in a bad position where they accidentally hook somebody or get beat that they uh, extend their stick and it ends up being a tripping call. And that, that's really what it comes down to when facing off against, especially a team like Tampa Bay. And I think when it comes to matching up, I, I do think they, I, I do also think they could match up well against Tampa Bay as well because they're, they're, it's speed for speed. The, the Tampa Bay Lightning do have one big advantage, and it's goaltending. They have the best goalie in the NHL, and it's not even close. And the, the, that's going to be really... Hey, it's close. It's close. <laughs> okay, Carey <laughs> Price is up there. Carey Price is up there. Mark We're Andre talking Carey about playoffs, though. <laughs> But I'm, I'm talking about, like, overall regular season and playoffs. But, like, how is, is Sergei Bobrovsky and even Spencer Knight going to match what Andre Vasilevsky has done? Five straight playoff series clinching shutouts for, for Andre Vasilevsky. How are they going to match up uh, against that? And that's really what it comes down to. The, the, the people in front of Sergei Bobrovsky and or Spencer Knight and the actual play of Sergei Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. It, it, it is very intriguing to me. Like, obviously we'll talk a little bit more in tomorrow's episode on the Canadian side of this, but the Panthers kind of went from an afterthought to being right back in the forefront with this past season. And if the biggest thing is, I guess my final question on this is if anything's going to derail the season, it's not forward depth. The defense is in solid shape. Is it hinging on Spencer Knight being able to pick up the slack if Bobrovsky can't keep the pace? Because Chris Dreger's gone now. He's obviously in Seattle. Is the season just kind of hinging on what that could potentially be right now? Or is it something else that is, is the depth not as good as I'm thinking it might be? Is, it, is the big X factor the goaltending for the Panthers this year? I I would say so because but here's the thing with Spencer Knight it's such a small sample size that we have only four only four regular season games where he went of course he went four no he didn't lose a single game until game six of the first round where he was inserted after game five the Florida Panthers won game five by a final score of four to one and then like I said Vasilevsky on the other end didn't didn't give up a single goal and they lost four to nothing in game six but four four oh and oh in in his four starts. 232 save percentage, 919 save, save percentage, excuse me, 232 goals against average, uh, 919 save percentage. But he, he's young. He's going to have his, he's going to have his growing pains as well. He's he, the thing is it, it's really easy to see how fast he started and not losing until game six to think that this guy just all of a sudden doesn't have any flaws. It, it like this 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 is where we gotta like be a little level headed here. He's going to have he's going to have his lumps. He's going to have some growing pains. I mean, even before he signed his ELC in, in the NCAA tournament, he he didn't really look good in his final game at BC in in that final in that final game. And 
we got to remind ourselves he's 20. He's 20. He just turned 20 years old on April 19th, uh, just this year. And he was activated onto the, um, put on the a- active roster uh, the, the day before he started a game. He, and he started his very first game the day after his 20th birthday. So there's a little bit of perspective in that. But it comes down to the $10 million man as well. So because he's, chances are, because you're paying Sergey Bobrovsky the money you are paying him, you have to give him a chance. You have to. You invested so much into this guy. Sure, the GM that the Florida Panthers have right now on, in, in their front office, Bill Zito, wasn't the guy who gave him the contract. So you got to work with what you got. You can't buy him out because you still have Keith Yandel's uh, contract on the books for four more seasons with the majority of it going into the next season, which will be the, the first year of hopefully Alexander Barkov's new contract. He's in a contract year. So you have five more years left. The, 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 the play has gone a little better from year one to year two. Can we, can we see it from year three to year four? I hope, I really hope that it's a 60-40 when it comes to starting, starts in favor of Bobrovsky because that tells you that your investment is somewhat working that this guy who's 20 years old is learning behind a veteran. And Spencer Knight's mindset has been so great. This is something I raved about. And he said, it doesn't matter whether it's prospect showcase, whether it was game six of the playoffs, whether it was the regular season, he's still learning. And he's like, at the end of the day, it's hockey. And he's talked about how great Sergey Bobrovsky has been as a mentor, at least publicly. They say there, there's like no animosity between them. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but at least publicly, Spencer Knight is saying all the right things, but of course, you got to play the games. You gotta, you gotta see what what you got. You gotta, you gotta see how the ten million dollar man does. And of course, Coach Q doesn't care how much a guy is making. Whoever's playing better is going to get the majority of the starts. And if it just so happens to be Spencer Knight, so be it. And he's going to put him there, and he's going to give his team a, the best chance to win. I think that that kind of sums it up for the Florida side. And tomorrow, what you're going to hear is a hot take because Scott and I both think that Boston might not actually be good at all next year. And there might be a surprise in that top four making the playoffs. And that's going to be tomorrow along with more Canadians talk. Armando, thank you so much for joining us. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and your show uh, and if if they want to know more about your work? Uh, They can follow me on Twitter at monoman 12 Follow the show account at LO underscore Panthers and follow the show show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so, so much. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow where we're going to be talking about all of this from the Canadian's perspective. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show. We'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to a new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blood specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Start Armando Velez. Signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team.
every day.